This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are having a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Blake, we want to talk about Georgia. Okay, well, we'll do it. <laughs> Graham Coffee joins us at 7.30. We will talk some Georgia for you then, if that's what you want. So I, I didn't tell the producers this before the show. Guys, last night, you know, you got the text number up here, and I don't bring it up much on the show. 76 text messages this morning. 76. Blake, talk about Georgia, you Rudy Poo. <laughs> so, all right. I've I've heard I've heard you. Stop blowing up the AYS uh the AYS line. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Huge show in store for you tonight. Look, quite frankly, I'm going to talk about this probably next two days. You're going to get aggravated with it. But if you're going to beat Georgia, yes, we have to see two things this weekend. We're going to get to them. One on offense, one on defense. There's two things you have to do this weekend schematically, offense, defense, I'm not talking about just winning the game. Things that I LSU, we got to see them improve on for them to go into Hotlanta and then get the W against Georgia. I broke down a lot of Georgia film today. It's honestly pretty much all I did. Guys, I'm telling you, they're beatable. They are beatable. I'm going to give you that formula here tonight. We'll talk what we got to see from LSU with UAB, though, and what UAB is going to give you to be able to succeed here uh, this weekend. College football rankings, guys, a lot of it, we talked about this a little last night, is a TV show. It will be coming on after our show, so 8 o'clock, so we'll cut it just a little bit short. We'll get closer to the 8 p.m. slot. That way, we can go and watch the college football rankings right after the show. Where do I think LSU is going to be? Once that comes out, I do think LSU is going to be a little bit above where some people have projected them to be here tonight. Uh, so we'll talk about that. SEC talk. Uh, Lane Kiffin, guys, is trending to Auburn from what some people on social media are talking about. Nevertheless, I'm going to touch on that um, very briefly on why I think it's a good move for Lane if he were to do it. 
but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know yet. I, I think it's Jimmy Sexton making his ultimate play for one of his bigger um, – for one of his bigger uh, clients in Lane Kiffin, so we'll we'll touch on that just a little bit. Something that uh, we also will touch on uh, to probably close out the show is a recruiting update. You're gonna want to stick for that, I promise you. As I, th- I Zach put up the thing, I thought Brian, uh, you know, made the graphic so long ago. I thought Brian Kelly couldn't recruit, uh, and as we do every Tuesdays and Thursdays, hashtag Ask Blake. So a full show in store for you tonight. Thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat, hashtag AskBlake, and we'll get to them, uh, as many of them uh, as we can. But you know what we do to start the show, though. Um, You do know how we start the show. We get to a couple of these comments. Cody McGee said, AskBlake, do you eat deer sausage? Is it pig's pussy pork? I mean, (laughs) he says, I just killed my first deer. Okay. Of the year, Buck weighed 350 pounds. Where'd you kill the thing at? I mean, that's more like a mule than a mule deer than it is. Well, I didn't ask you what kind of deer it was, I guess. He says, looking out for my favorite sports host. Yes. Yes. I eat deer sausage made some uh my wife made some chili the famous chili the one that the ays crew won the chili cook-off with a couple years ago i might add um she did pretty good man i gotta give it to her i gotta give it to her she did really good so yes hit me up cody i I love me some deer sausage i just don't like i don't like the jalapeno and cheese though don't like the jalapeno and cheese i gotta be honest dylan allen says my best friend's cousin plays her old miss now that's a mouthful says and he said it's not true. Lane isn't leaving. Well, we will see. We will see. We'll talk about that, I promise you. Trent says on Facebook, the team better focus on Texas 3 and 7. They are. They are. Pretty heartfelt. Um, how do I want to say this? Pretty heartfelt um, speech I heard that was given today by your head coach. So a lot to get into. Shamichael Thompson says, bruh. There are two games before Georgia. Yes, Shamichael, did you watch the show last night? Tell me you didn't watch the show last night without telling me you didn't watch the show last night. 76 text messages is going to make is going to make me talk more about Georgia. Yes, it is. If if you got 76 people that text this hotline, 225-435-9387. 225-435-9387. And you want us to talk about a topic, we're going to talk about a topic. I'm sorry. 76 text messages is unreal. It's unreal. John Bellin says, hashtag Ask did I miss the show where your beard was shaved? No, but you probably missed the show. Pooh Bear. And I'm going to bring you up, Pooh. Bring you up. Bring you up. The chat said not to shave the beard correct i'm doing what the chat said on last wednesday's night show am i not am i not i mean i I didn't back down i didn't ask for it correct no no you were prepared to shave it on friday up to friday they said don't it may be good luck and you may jinx us also we found a loophole that said you can shave it down and not completely off correct so just let it be known i'm not bringing it up here again i'm not we're not bringing it up again okay just so, I mean, because everybody keeps asking. The chat said, don't shave it. I said, no, we won't shave it. Brett Carafola says, is Ben still awake? Cheers. Yeah, if you didn't see that video from last night, it was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. All right, last one before we get rolling. Broad337 says, hashtag ask Blake. If five comes back, does Howard leave? No. Oh, producers, what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean, just don't, uh, yeah, what am I going to do? Cram says, keep the beard. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. So many of you are watching us live right now on Facebook. Do us a favor. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Share to your own social media pages as well. If you're listening to us on YouTube, we're getting so close to that 5K subscription on YouTube. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to your social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, Truth Social. Apparently, it's a thing I found out today. 
So do <laughs> do I, I don't care where you share it, just share it. Uh MySpace, if they still have it, we appreciate y'all doing that. If you're listening to us on Exit Radio or the TuneIn app or wherever you listen to podcasts, thank you so much. Do us a favor, though, if you're on XM or TuneIn, rate, review, subscribe on the Believe Sports Network. We greatly appreciate y'all doing that. All right, let's get to our first break. I got two major things, major things LSU's got to do this weekend. I might move this recruiting update up as we just got four text messages into the show asking to push the recruiting update up. We'll do that then. If you ask, we'll do it. So we'll push that up as well in the first segment. But let's pay these bills. We'll be back in one minute. Let's get it started, y'all. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Full Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. Uh, Big Game Boomer says we need an OU LSU rematch. Let's go. Well, first off, you spelled go wrong. It's spelt with an E-A-U-X at the end, just letting you know that. Number two, come on the show then. Come on the show. That's an LSU-Oklahoma battle. You have some You have some very harsh words for LSU. Come on the show. Don't back down. Well, I'll have you on. I'm not scared, of, I'm not scared to have you on here. <laughs> come on the show. James Rayburn says, hopefully we can get some reps for the backups, especially a quarterback. I would love to see uh, I, I would love to see Walker. Yes. <laughs> Lucy B says, hey, sexy Pooh Bear. <laughs> Lucy, uh, the man's married. Move on. Dennis Barber says, exciting time to be a Tiger. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Uh, Adam B says Oklahoma has to actually win games to be able to play LSU. Well, this is also true. This is also true. Um, let's see. Uh, Kunas Corndog says big manage boomer or main big mange boomer. <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. Y'all crazy. All right. So listen, you, uh, we got two more texts during the, during the break. You want to do the recruiting update first, we'll, we'll oblige. I promise you we will oblige. Let me just say this about recruiting. And I'm going to add a Harold Perkins rant, probably a little quick rant into this too. Guys, on episode 510 on this show, okay, and I, I'm going to give this recruiting update just so, just so, and I'm going to use Harold Perkins in this to give you an idea of what this recruiting class could remotely look like. And I'm not going to compare other dudes to Harold Perkins. But if you want to start off with a recruiting update, let's do it. Guys, what they're doing right now right now in recruiting, like everybody's saying, oh, they're third, in the, third or fourth in the country. LSU, you know, oh, they're not doing as great as people think. Guys, this class is going to be really good. I'm just telling you, this recruiting staff along – see, what happens is – is when you have a recruiting staff that helps out the regular, I say regular staff, but on-field staff, it makes things move so much more smoothly. Setting up appointments, talking to guys religiously, talking to them every single day to get elite guys in here. Now, on episode 510, 
the first day that I ever laid eyes on Harold Perkins on the football field, like not watching film, not just seeing all the hype that's on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it may be. Guys, you can get that level of five-star recruits in this recruiting class. You still have guys like Javian Taviano that's out there. You still have Desmond Ricks that is out there. So I just want to make it very well known that Harold Perkins is special, but LSU is trying to defensively get a safety, get a corner, get elite dudes in this class. I promise you that. And I think LSU sits in a really good place with a lot of these elite recruits. They're not done in the state of Louisiana. You, Dylan Carpenter, the young man, the DN outside linebacker from Santa Mar, Louisiana, was a guy that a lot of people around in the recruiting circle was buzzing about. He goes and takes, I think it was an official visit, but takes an official visit to LSU, decommits from the University of Lafayette or Louisiana, whatever it is that they want to be called. I'm not having that argument here tonight. And then commits to LSU. But I promise you this. When I saw a guy like Carol Parker says, I haven't seen Javion Taviano play in person. I haven't seen Desmond Ricks. Guys, when you lay when you lay eyes on a five-star recruit that has elite talent, it pops instantly. Like when the first time I saw Harold Perkins, and we talked about this on episode 510, the first time I saw him, he was a little rusty, never really played linebacker before or really inside backer when he was running reps. But when we talked about then and what is playing out on the field now, man, the kid's electric. The kid was just so fast. Like I remember the first day I ever saw Harold Perkins run. Look what he's doing on the field now. We might even do a short clip on that tomorrow. They are getting those type of dudes, or they are going to attempt and do everything humanly possible to get those type of human beings. They will. So just to let you know on this recruiting update, in my personal opinion, this is of my humble and personal opinion. I think that this class that we've seen maybe holistically, even a lot like last year's class, from top to bottom, more well-rounded, okay? You got offensive linemen. You have defensive linemen. You're, you're trying to solidify some things defensively on the back end. You have a quarterback that's in the class. You, you're sitting in a really good spot, and this is what – and see, Brian Kelly was on with Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports this past weekend, and they did a short special – and Brian Kelly, uh, Tom Rinaldi asked Brian Kelly as an example, what was the biggest thing when you left Notre Dame that kind of got under your skin a little bit when you left and you came to LSU? And, and Brian Kelly was very candid. He says, I couldn't believe that people said that I couldn't recruit. You got under his skin with that one. I want to make it well known to every, anybody that will listen. LSU does not have the academic restrictions that Notre Dame has. I promise you that recruiting in, at LSU and in Louisiana is always going to be fruitful. LSU's worst class in the last 10 years produced dudes like Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards Elair, Terrace uh, Marshall. Guys like Patrick Queen, do those names remotely ring a bell? LSU is going to be fine there. I would subscribe to the AYS message board. I'm biased. We might be coming out with a recruiting update. But if LSU, if LSU closes, if LSU closes with Desmond Ricks, Javian Taviano, Nicholas Harbor can be in that mix. I think LSU's in a dogfight on that one. But if you close with some of the, this elite talent, not good, elite talent, guys, the SEC better watch out. And I am going to be an obnoxious son of a B word because where we came from, and guys, we're almost a year into Brian Kelly being hired. Y'all know that. He got hired in November. He got hired in November. Like, I think November 30th was the date that they made the announcement. So when you're closing in on, when you're closing in on that this man's been here in a year, he's doing a lot of really good things.
You know what's funny I haven't heard in a, in a long time? Brian Kelly's not locking down the state. I haven't heard that one in a while either. I also haven't heard in a while either that local coaches don't like Brian Kelly. I hadn't heard that one in a while. When you have a CEO and you have a man like that running the ship, being at the helm, it's different, guys. It's just freaking different. I promise you that. Let me tell you this. Let's let's transition. So, in theory, in this recruiting update, <clears throat> you better be ready because I and I don't really give two Rudy poos like I never really have. I'll continue to say this. I don't where I don't really care where the class is going to end. If they end at one, that's great. If they end at two, it's great. If they end in the top five, it's great. Because you can be in the top five and win multiple national titles. Look at Georgia. They were one a couple of times, yes. But I'll also tell you this, LSU's going to hit the portal too. This class holistically is going to be really good. Now, I'm going to throw a little nugget. <clears throat> because in today's day and age, you do not have to just recruit guys in high school and guys that will hit the transfer portal. You also have to recruit guys that are on your own team. And historically, when LSU has seniors that return, do you know what happens? In a national title game. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful making fun of Brian Kelly. One guy did it. He's in the chat right now in Big Game Boomer. All right. There are two things, though, in transitioning here. There are two things that I want that LSU has to do this weekend. Blake, it's UAB. It's University of Alabama and Birmingham. What do they got to prove? Guys, they got a lot that they have to get approved. Great teams get better week to week. The first thing offensively that I got to see, that I just have to see, and they have to get better at. Because UAB is going to do some, I'm telling you right now, UAB is going to do some things in blitzing, blitzing all over the place because of what happened this past Saturday. I want to see this offensive line get better in picking it up. It's, it's legitimately the, the number one thing. It's the number one thing. If you can... Show on film that from one week when something gave you a lot of problems and a lot of struggles, and then in the next week, you clear them up, that is what really, really, really good teams do. I will promise you this, and what Brian Kelly does not get a lot of credit for, I promise you that in, in his thing has been recruiting really good offensive linemen. You think Brian Kelly hasn't been at practice this week already? Focusing on probably the biggest unit that he will need to win the SEC. He's been over there. Him and Brad Davis together is a very lethal combination. If you can show with a young offensive line and really, guys, an, an entire offensive line that can return. Let me say that again. An entire offensive line that can return and probably will return, I hope. If they continue to gain that experience and continue to get st stronger, faster, the knowledge, it, it's a lot like, and I, and I said this on the show a lot of times, it's a lot like Austin Deculus. Guys, Austin Deculus is not the most athletic dude. He's just not. But as time went on at LSU, what happened? You couldn't beat him. Why? He wasn't, well, maybe he might be bigger than a lot of people, but he wasn't stronger than everybody. He wasn't faster than anybody. He had experience. They're going to be working on that unit a lot this week. I promise you. I promise you they will. If they can clean up some things, guys, the offense will be fine. I think the offense gets back in rhythm this week. I, if there is a 1A to the, offensive, uh, to the offensive side of this, the 1A for me is 
I kind of want to see I I, I want to see Jaden because look, Jaden had his worst game at LSU last week. It's not a debate, right? Like, not really debatable. You could say Auburn, but yeah, there were still six drops from wide receivers and tight ends against Auburn. Like he he did, his stat line did not dictate remotely dictate what happened this past weekend. Guys, I think he's going to respond in a really good way. And he's going to continue to grow as your starting quarterback at LSU. Now, there's a lot of questions circling around him. And would he return? Can he return? Should he return? Will he return? All that stuff. I promise you this. That young man, and, and I think it was um, I think it was either Josh Booty who came on the show or, or I heard it from Matt Liner, one of those guys. But I have not seen personally a transition to that level and that effect as today he was put on, meaning Jaden, the Davey O'Brien watch list. Now, to a lot of people, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Guys, he's on, a list, he's on that list for a reason. He is one of the best college football players holistically of the top 20 people, 30 people that can win that award, he is in that group. I think he's going to respond in a really good way. Here's number two, and it goes on defense. Guys, we've we've seen early struggles when LSU goes in man-to-man coverage. We've seen the struggles. We saw them early against Alabama. We saw them last week later in the game against Arkansas, right? Like, the, to, what was it, the only touchdown? Was it when LSU was in man-to-man coverage that Arkansas had? We got to – look, you cannot con- – you against a guy – and you're going to rip me a lot for saying this. Against a guy like Stetson Bennett, you got you to gotta mix up coverages. This is what Blake Baker did. Now, a lot of you will remember Blake Baker, uh, who was here the linebackers coach a season ago – was known for being really close with DeMond Clark and really changing how his his play went. Blake Baker's the defensive coordinator, if you did not know, at Missouri. And the reason I bring this up and I want to see this against UAB is, guys, Stetson Bennett, when you mix up coverages on him, he, he, he kind of really tends to just go and revert back sometimes to that guy that we've seen. Now, he could start off hot. He might have a stretch where he goes, he, he completes seven straight passes or ten straight passes, and that's fine. You, he, he's going to get his. Don't get it twisted. Stetson Bennett's a good quarterback, a really good college quarterback. Now, I don't know how that translates to the NFL, but you have to mix up things on him. If I'm LSU, I would re- start preparing now against a team like UAB. Guys, you've got to get better in man-to-man coverage. you got to disguise it better. you got to do things on where a very experienced quarterback in Stetson Bennett won't know the coverage that you're running. Or, or you show him one coverage, and then at the snap, you're in something completely different and confusing him. Get those kinks out now. Get those, Work those things out now. Now, I will tell you, when you do things like that, against an inferior opponent, sometimes you have to allow for big plays. Now, am I saying they're going to give it up against UAB? But I will tell you this, in 2019, LSU did it in the first half against a team named Northwestern State. Remember early in that game? Remember in 2019, early in that game, when Northwestern State came out and scored a couple of points? Dave Aranda was was chess-piecing. Dave was chess piecing in reference to, hey, guys, we got to work on this in the back end. We got to work on this in the back end. So there are things that you got to start working on now to when you play A&M in two weeks or, or, or next week, when you play Georgia in two weeks. Start fixing those issues now. I know that they've been working on them all season. Don't get it twisted. St- really focus on them now. Really focus on them now. Okay, we're going to get to three comments and then Graham Coffee, Dog Out West is what you can find him on on Twitter. Um, we'll get to him. American Patriots says, I'd rest Harold Perkins this weekend. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. I don't, well, let me say this. It's too early in the week to say that, but as of right now, I don't see him doing it. 
he did have the flu last week. But if he can do have four sacks when he's <laughs> got the flu, then God, God help us. Sipper says, hashtag ask, ask the Blake. Our receivers are not getting open, or is JD5 not throwing it? Last week, um, he says, not knocking JD5, just curious. What I saw, um, Semper, last week as a as a just really something that we could go off of over the struggles last week, when you pop in that film, and Carter Bryant talked about this last night when he broke down. Guys, we the, the receivers got locked down from LSU. So it's that's a worry. That's a little bit of a worry. So... You know, just throwing that out there, just throwing that out there. What do you think Georgia can do? You got you got to go into the game ready to go. All right, last one, then we're getting to Graham Coffee. Uh, Colin says, ask Blake, do you think some of the O-line issues were caused by playing an early game in that weather? No and no. He says, after such a tough game the week before, no, it was all schematic and they didn't know where to pick it up. If you think that Arkansas is going to decide, you know, scheme up blitzes, what you think Georgia will do? And to be honest with you, and you're going to laugh at me when I say this, pop in a pop in a Texas A&M defensive film. Guys, they still have five stars, bro. Their struggle is not defensively. It's really not defensively. I mean, they've had some defensive struggles, yes. Every team has. Guys, we gave up how many points to Tennessee, and we're considered a really good defense? They got dudes in that front seven. Be, remember I said that. All right. You want to do 76 text messages into the show last night, guys. 76. Blake, talk about Georgia. All right. We'll do it. I promise you we'll do it. But before we get to the break and get to Graham, let's talk about our good friends over at Synergy Resources, LLC. Synergy, R-E-S, LLC.net. We're happy to announce that we have launched our partnership with Synergy Resources, your hydraulic and industrial hose connections, fittings, pipes, hoses. They got it all. They are literally and have been rated the number one in the entire Gulf Coast for a reason. That is because they they supply and, dem- and the demand that they have is just ridiculous. But they are always on it. They're always there. Anything you need 24-7. Give them a call today at 337 337- Five five two one nine one nine. That's three three seven five five two one nine one nine. And ask for Tully. Let him know that Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. A good buddy, Graham Coffee, joins us next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair, are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS. Since you own Bob. We're back. Graham Coffee. The man's back. What's up, buddy? Can you hear me? What's up, man? How are you? Can you hear me? I can. I was having a little malfunction. <laughs> we're on hey. the computer speakers, but we're plugging you in right here. You're all good, man. You're all good. But Graham Coffee is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Dog Out West. Um, Graham, let me know if you when you can hear me, and we'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll start getting into it. I know the technical difficulties, man. Trust me, I've been there uh, and done that. Um, I you got me. Okay, good. Grant, let's start off here. The SEC East champ, the SEC West champ, LSU and Georgia face off in a couple weeks. Number one, it's been a little bit early, or it is kind of earlier in the season that we're normally seeing that the both sides have been decided here. But let me right. let me ask you this. When you see this matchup in a couple of weeks uh, panning out, I know you guys have Kentucky. I guess what's your first instant reaction when you see this? Uh, I mean, I think if you're a Georgia fan, the – 
the instant reaction is like, I think kind of 50, 50, I think half the fan base wanted to play Alabama and kind of, you know, I guess theoretically win two in a row and, you know, maybe kind of establish a little bit of a trend or, you know, put themselves kind of on a rung above Bama on that sec ladder, but LSU's played great lately, man. I mean, like they, you know, have kind of some inconsistent performances time to time, but like if, if they're playing their best game, um, I, you know, I, I think coming out of the West that they are probably the team that, that is capable of giving Georgia the most trouble just because line of scrimmage, right? Like I, I think, you know, Bama's struggled on the line of scrimmage, especially the interior line this year and LSU really, really good on that defensive front. I mean, Georgia last week went to Mississippi state, the, the box score looks good in rushing, but you know, 70 of that came from a wide receiver. 37 of it came last drive of the game. Like they were about two and a half yards of carry with their running backs in that game. And like, that's something they got to figure out before they go and see LSU with what they have up front. Is that the biggest worry right now? Is that the biggest worry if you're a dog fan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with, with how they played on defense against Tennessee, you, you kind of just have to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> right. You see something like, you know, and LSU has great receivers like that. That receiver group is, comparable in some ways to to some of the things that, that Tennessee has from a personnel standpoint. But I think if you're, if you're UGA, you know, if, if your offensive line plays well, I don't, I don't think you can lose, honestly, like, like from here out, maybe, maybe getting into the playoffs and, you know, you have a bad day on defense against somebody, but like, you know, if that offensive line is, is getting the type of push they were against Tennessee and, you know, Auburn and, some of their better games this year. It's just really hard for Georgia to get beat, in my opinion. Now, let me ask you this, because I got to be honest, I'm just now starting to do the deep dive on Georgia uh, and really watching film. W one thing, obviously, Hendon Hooker is a guy that can definitely take off with his legs. They contained him really well in doing that. But let me ask you this. Has there been – what you, – you said the line of scrimmage worries you and, and what Georgia does. Is there anything LSU does offensively, though – that may scare you a little bit in reference to because you talked about like, look, you got to give them a benefit of the doubt defensively. But is there something LSU does offensively that scares you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think with Georgia, right? Like the the game plan going into that Tennessee game was make Hendon Hooker be perfect on deep throws down the sidelines. Like if he can drop it into a basket from forty yards opposite hash, then tip your cap and you know. Good, good luck. You know, you just had, you just had an unlucky day. Right. And so I, I think with LSU, you know, pretty dynamic deep ball group, but that wide receiver group that LSU has has been really good in the air. You know, I, I think from what I've seen, not that I've watched every snap they've played, but like I've seen them do well with contested catches. Um, you know, you, you have the tight end kind of work in the middle of the field. So I think that would be the, the biggest, like, possible way that could go south for Georgia is just Jaden Daniels has a really good day and Butte and, and all these guys are, you know, just, just winning 50, 50 balls against the likes of Ringo and Lassiter, which those guys are good in press coverage, but it's just, it's the variance, right? Like it, it's what makes this all hard to predict is like, if your corners just have a bad night and LSU's receivers have a good night and you, you miss a tackle or something like that, then, all of a sudden you're in trouble. And I, and I think for Georgia, like with as good as that red zone defense has been, uh, if you want to beat Georgia, if you want to, you know, go and put up like mid to high twenties points wise against Georgia, you almost want to score from far because once you get down into 15, 20 yard line, they're kind of clamping down, right? They're so right. tough, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting because I mean, it's pretty much what you see in all of film, right? Like, Teams can get yardage in, from 20 to 20. Once they get inside the red zone, it, it, it's been pretty chaotic for most offenses. Uh, let me ask you this. So there is an interesting stat that we brought, that, you know, one of our guests brought on the show. It's SEC teams or Power 5 teams in general going on the road in back-to-back -back games. Mm -hmm. The last team to win both games going on the road in back-to-back -back games is LSU in 2019. Does that does Kentucky scare you at all, or or do you think that they, you know because they're coming off a very bad loss at Vandy? I, look, Georgia's going to win. Okay, 
Sure, yeah. But, but I mean, are you kind of like, hey, are you telling your the people that, you know, listen to you and, and subscribe to your content, like, hey, man, it's still an SEC team this week? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. And I think the thing about Kentucky, like this, I, I get a lot of like flack from Kentucky fans for things that I said in the off season, and and like my <laughs> my my take on Kentucky. No, is like, not no, no, you no, you no. Yeah, you're not gonna beat Georgia playing Georgia's style of ball. Agreed. Look at all those five star dudes, you know, and and that's what Kentucky, you know, they run those pro style concepts. Like Georgia's offense is kind of modernized from last year to this year. You know, it's it's much more of a pass first offense than it's really been since Aaron Murray was there. But um, yeah, I mean, Kentucky is still a good like line of scrimmage football team. That defense can give you problems if if you're not playing sharp and if you're you know, like Georgia's offensive line. I, I've been very vocal. Like they looked lazy and disinterested last week. And you know, if you're number one in the country and you're a 17 point favorite or whatever they'll be going to Lexington, like you should be able to run the ball and establish a line of scrimmage. And in any football game that, that Georgia plays or any other team, like if they're not able to do that, then it creates a lot more ways that things can go wrong, right? Like if all of a sudden you're having to drop back and pass a whole bunch, there's just, you know, less control that you have of the game. I, I think the, the gap between Georgia's defense and Kentucky's offense is so wide that, you know, Kentucky, I think you got to hold Georgia to like, 17 if you want a snowball's chance in hell of winning that game but i mean absolutely like you would like to see them come out a little more focused look a little bit better like it's the sec i mean you know kentucky was a big favor over vanderbilt last week we saw what happened there right so uh anytime you go to someone else's place you gotta be on your toes so uh, you talked about the passing game and georgia really has been a pass first offense I don't call him Stetson anymore. On this show, we will call we will refer to him as Tequavius. Fair enough. Yeah. Is it is in Athens? Let me ask you this. Now, Graham, on Saturday we do an all SEC show, and I said right now, Stequavius is my Heisman winner. If I had to pick like today, I, I don't think that anybody's playing better than him when you look at what they're doing in the sense of CJ Stroud struggled. Hannon Hooker, we saw against Georgia. Is there a real possibility that a former walk-on's about to win the Heisman again? I think that touchdown number's too low. I think he deserves to be there. And I think if Georgia goes 12-0 and in the regular season for the second straight year, which it looks like they're going to, you know, um, it's hard for them not to have somebody in New York, you know, back-to-back undefeated Agreed. regular season. Agreed. So you kind of feel like they got to send somebody, and Stetson would be the logical guy to send. I just think, you know, he's at 14 touchdowns now. Uh, I heard a stat on the broadcast last week, Sean McDonough brought up that he's had 14 completions where his receiver was tackled inside the five-yard line this year. So if half of those score and he's at 21 touchdowns or, you know, like if if those get in, I, I think the numbers are a little more gaudy. But if you talk about yards per game, if you talk about completion percentage, like outside of that Missouri game, which really – wasn't you know all on him there was a lot of things going on in the line of scrimmage that made that day difficult for georgia like i I think he's deserving to at least be in the conversation and then at that point you see what happens well and look i i got a lot of flack and will continue to get a lot of flack for the me saying that about the heisman but cj stroud okay is you know below 50 percent accuracy when not throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. So, yes, I am going, yeah. you know, I am going to say, you know, look, without that, all, you know, elite wide receiver, there's been guys that have been struggling. Let me ask you this, too. Georgia's had a, a obviously, and LSU's going through this, too, and a lot of great teams do, a lot of attrition from one year to the other on the defensive front. They've been stellar. If, if there is one weakness on that defense and transitioning to that side of the ball – is there one? Because I, I got to promise you, I don't know where I, – I mean, maybe at linebacker, maybe, but <laughs> I really don't see a lot of big weaknesses on that Georgia defense. Yeah, I mean, there's not like a glaring weakness. Not at all. I mean, Kirby Smart, Muschamp, Glenn Schumann, like the brain trust there on the defensive side of the ball. If something pops up in game, they do a, such a good job of adjusting and covering it up. Like, 
I mean, you saw that in the Tennessee game, like Josh Heupel, what he does is hunt matchups all day. Exactly. Like that's that's all he does. And every time it looked like they might, you know, they were working that tight end over the middle early in the game and then boom, you're not going to do that anymore. So I, I think the the coaching staff kind of covers anything that, that does pop up as a weakness. But if I was going to say one thing, um, I actually think the inside linebacker play has been pretty good. It's just comparing it to the group you had last year is kind of unfair. I mean, three guys that were, you know, picked in the first three rounds of the draft, um, two in the, you know, first 50 picks. But I would, I would actually go to those boundary corners. Uh, I think Kamari Lassiter has been really, really good. And I think – Keely Ringo has been good, but, you know, he has a tendency to miss a tackle here or there. Like, he, you know, can can sometimes misplay a ball in the air or sort of just panic a little bit and not turn his head the way that he should. Like, we're talking about a guy that many have projected as a, you know, a high first-round pick this year. So, it's being nitpicky. But, you know, that, that Tennessee game, right, like, he had the interception, which was a huge play in that football game, but he also gave up, I believe, eight receptions on nine targets. And it was short stuff, and he tackled well that day. Right, the one the one nine catch was the pick, correct? Right, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, like, if, you know, talking about a universe where things go wrong for Georgia, I, I do think it's, you know, it's down that those sidelines. And then uh, Javon Bullard is extremely important. Georgia can't afford to lose him again. You know, he was he was suspended for a week after some off field stuff and he got kind of cleated against Mississippi State that late in that game last week and he's out of the ball game for two series and all of a sudden, you know, slot receivers from Mississippi State are rolling wide open downfield. They're not getting hit, but that's one of those things you look at and it's like this guy is so important to everything they do, you know, the the, the two sacks against Tennessee, the way he plays the run, like this is going to be, you know, sacrilege to say on uh, an LSU-based show, but, like, there are some Honey Badger-esque elements to his game just when you talk about a small guy that covers really, really well but really plays the run like a linebacker or like a Sam, you know. Uh, he He's the kind of the quiet engine for Georgia and, you know, former three-star kind of overlooked coming into the season. If Georgia runs the table – and goes undefeated, wins a national title. What's the storyline? What's the storyline after that? Because for me, it's Bama's not the the and no. Well, I guess all puns intended. They are now the top dog, not just in the SEC, but in the entire country. Uh, I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm really big on vibes and culture. I, I mean, is there? A, I mean, yeah, you won a national title. I get it, you know. But now that it's it's going like this, what is the vibe just around Georgia and around Kirby at this current moment on how just how much success they're having? Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of you know the there's always the people in the fan base that you know think you should win every game and, and all of that. <laughs> but I, I think like most of the more reasonable folks were, you know, ready for a, a ten and two type of season, and you know, let's let's kind of gear up like 2023 was supposed to be the year Georgia kind of competed for a title again. And all of a sudden you look up and, you know, here you are kind of clear number one team. I I, I agree. I I think the, the vibes culture thing you're talking about is, is probably a little bit underrated and just that, you know, uh, not to pick on Alabama, but like when things started changing in college football, you know, Saban, was one of the first to kind of come out and be like, we got to, you know, like the way the game is now is you're going to give up points and you got to score enough. And that, that philosophy made them more fun, but it also made them less dominant. Right. Because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's, you know, 18 possessions in a game instead of 13. And there's just more stuff that happens when you're slinging the ball all over the place and um, your defense isn't getting rest between drives. Like it, it was not no longer geared around defense first. And, Kirby, you know, to his credit, showed up in Athens and, you know, throughout the Burrow season, throughout the Mac Jones 2020 season, like it has always been our philosophy. You know, our goal is to give up 13 points a game or less. And you you go down the schedule, like they damn near do it every week. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I think, you know, getting into the Ohio States and stuff like that, like maybe they do something different, but they're just, 
I mean, Bama's the most talented team in the country on paper. I mean, 89% blue chip ratio, like that's the highest ever in the history of the sport. But Georgia, you know, is, for all the five-star guys they sign, it's the Lab McConkeys, it's the Javon Bullard who we were just talking about. Like it's those three-star dudes that come in and not only do they play, but like they believe they can get on the field. And I think Kirby's done a really good job of keeping that program a meritocracy where – you know, doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how you got there. Once you're there, if you work your butt off and you play well, you got a chance to play in, in big games. And, you know, I, I think that kind of like sort of combats a lot of the NIL stuff. And, you know, just not to say that that's not a thing, you know, um, but like George has been really clear about, hey, you know, Kirby's been really clear. Like, I want to see a guy come in and play well and, you know, earn the right to make that money. You know, I, I don't want guys coming in making $10,000 a month or, you know, some crazy number <laughs> right off the bat who've never done anything to deserve it. And, I, you know, I think people were kind of like, is that a good thing or a bad thing coming into the season? But then you look at what's happened at Texas A&M, and I think people would say they handled it pretty damn well, right? Mm -hmm. So we do have one uh, last question I'll get you out of here. They, no, you know, look, LSU fans, they're already talking trash. So I'm going to clean this question up a little <laughs> A little bit. Steven Young says, hashtag Ask Graham. How does UGA plan to stop Harold Perkins from wrecking Bennett? But I'll just, you know, let me ask, just ask you in a different way. Harold Perkins sure. has been fantastic. Yeah. We know how good he's been. You talked about the offensive line struggles. Would, would Harold Perkins be an ultimate X factor in that game in, in reference to getting after Setson and, and maybe changing what LSU did maybe against Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal, right? Like, you know, can't speak highly enough about him. I think he's probably the best defensive player in the country. Up, you know, if he's not, then I would put him and Jalen Carter on their own tier, right? I agree. I agree. to see both those guys on the I field agree. together. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the offensive line struggles I'm kind of referring to, like, has been more run game oriented, um, which is, you know. Also agree, that, yep. Yeah, that, that he can't wreck that as well. But, you know, you, you go back to the national title game last year, like Georgia was able to, to really kind of shut down Will Anderson. Uh, you go back to the Tennessee game, uh, you know, Young, their, their big, you know, pass rusher, like they handled that. So I, I think if you're Georgia, like you'd rather have a problem from a pass rush standpoint than a run blocking standpoint because those tackles, I mean, Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon have played a lot of football and – they're particularly good handling speed rush situations and guys that, you know, come around the corner. That's not to say that Perkins can't go in there and use the insane physical gifts that he has to bend and come around. But, you know, I think Georgia, like a lot of programs, right? Like if you're going to play, if you're going to be in the game at running back, you've got to be able to uh, pass protect. So I, we'll see, right? Like I, I do think that, you know, it's, it's possible, but I mean, you know, that, that Mississippi state game, Georgia gave up, uh, eight total pressures, right. Against Tennessee. I think they gave up, I believe it was like seven. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just there, no one's really been able to speed up the clock for Bennett yet this year. And I think the thing that's frustrating is, you know, Tennessee early in that game, they did get pressure on Bennett and he, he rolls right and, goes to the pylon and scores a touchdown that was really a large moment early so i think the question for lsu is like is he best served pinning his ears back or is he best served kind of you know being more of a spy and trusting you know you trust his instincts and if he sees a spot to delay blitz you let him take off because I, I think that scenario honestly would be one that georgia's offensive line is probably more off like more likely to have problems with than him just lining up on the edge and going mano y mano yeah i <clears throat> graham it's so good of a point because i we talked about that last night like look you can't especially when a team <clears throat> excuse me sorry is so much under center like georgia is you know like it's not you know you're not going to put him on the edge if, if, because god forbid if they run it and you know it could bring issues all right, right. graham Tell everybody where they <clears> – <throat> dude, I'm sorry. I'm My voice breaking up over here. You're good, man. I'm fighting the crud as well. Um, but tell everybody where they can, can catch you stuff. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dog Out West. Uh, I am the uh, co-founder, 
co-publisher of a website called dogcentral.com. Um, we have, you know, a subscription tier, uh, with lots of Intel and analysis, but we also have plenty of free articles, uh, actually just posted a, a relative net yard for a play thing, uh, looking at the playoff teams. So go check that out. Cause, uh, LSU kind of comes out pretty favorably to, uh, some of the, the undefeated and one loss competition ahead of them. So if you're an LSU fan looking for an argument about your playoff status, you will enjoy the article. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk. Always I'm, sh- pleasure, man. I- I'm sure we're going to be talking in two weeks. I- actually, I kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'd love to love to have you on our show as well. To Absolutely. Talk a little tape. All right, man. We'll talk soon. All right. That's Graham Coffee, uh, Dog Out West. I do want to say this. <clears throat> God bless it. Guys, <laughs> Antonio Brown needs a therapist. Antonio Brown needs a therapist. That's all I'm going to say. All right. To end it up, college football rankings, Lane Kiffin to Auburn. We close the show out with that next. But let me talk to you guys about our good friends over at Wham Electric. Guys, for all of your residential electric needs, generator needs, they do it all. Wham Electric. Whammy! <laughs> Give him a call today at two two or nine eight five two four one eight zero five nine. That's nine eight five two four one eight zero five nine. They are licensed electrical contractors for all. Again, for your residential and generator needs, let them know that your good friend Blake Rafino sent you on by. Forty five seconds. We're back. Lane Kiffin, Auburn bound, and where's LSU going to be in the college football playoff next? Next. All right, hold on. Technical difficulty. Guys, I've got to talk to you about it. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985 985- 395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, so listen. For me, on this Lane Kiffin stuff, on this Lane Kiffin stuff, uh, going to Ole Miss... I mean, going to Auburn, leaving Ole Miss. I, guys, I think it it has some merit to it. <clears throat> Actually, I know it's got a lot of merit to it. Um, look, when you do this for five years and you're in the industry for five years and you build relationships with guys like Graham Coffee or guys that cover the Auburn beat or whatever it may be, I, I think it's a legitimate thing. I know it's a legitimate concern for Ole Miss because I don't think that Ole Miss believes – that they're going to be able to match what Auburn's willing to match. And Lane Kiffin is the ultimate troll. And I think, too, when you listen to Lane Kiffin last week, when he knows that he's only a couple what players away from beating Alabama, NIL is going to play a major factor in that. And Auburn has put together a $13 million NIL collective, which they reported themselves. Like, Auburn reported that themselves. Not any, like, reporter. They said that they had it. And so... Listen, it's a big deal. All right, to close it out, let me say this. I think, guys, uh, producers, Pooh, Zach, I think LSU is going to be six tonight. I do believe that they're going to be above USC. I, here's another thing. I'm going to be interested. So, I, 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 people don't like this, but you know, because people say they don't watch the show, and then at the very end, they, you know, they listen to the committee for the first time, like, oh, why did you just say this? Well, you hadn't listened to them the entire time. So, in theory, I think LSU is going to be number six above USC. But here's the thing, though. I do expect USC to jump LSU next week if they beat UCLA this week. Don't be surprised if they get jumped. That's all I'm saying. And by the way, Dave Aranda, do LSU a favor by kicking some TCU horn lizard ass. Clat those lizard cheeks. That's all I got to say. Back tomorrow. See you soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.